0: chapter eleven of the absentee by maria edgeworth this LibriVox recording is in the public domain the kettle was on the fire tea-things set everything prepared for her guest by the hospitable hostess who thinking the gentleman would take tea to his breakfast had sent off a gossoon by the first light to clonbrony for an ounce of tea a quarter of sugar and a loaf of white bread and there was on the little table good cream milk butter eggs all the promise of an excellent breakfast it was a fresh morning and there was a pleasant fire on the hearth neatly swept up the old woman was sitting in her chimney-corner behind a little screen of whitewashed wall built out into the room for the purpose of keeping those who sat at the fire from the blast of the door there was a loophole in this wall to let the light in just at the height of a person's head who was sitting near the chimney the rays of the morning sun now came through it shining across the face of the old woman as she sat knitting lord colambre thought he had seldom seen a more agreeable countenance intelligent eyes benevolent smile a natural expression of cheerfulness subdued by age and misfortune a good morrow to you kindly sir and i hope you got the night well a fine day for us this sunday mornin my grace is gone to early prayers so your honor will be content with an old woman to make your breakfast oh let me put in plenty or it will never be good and if your honor takes stir about an old hand will engage to make that to your liking, anyway for by great happiness we have what will just answer for you of the nicest meal the miller made my grace a compliment of last time she went to the mill Lord Colambre observed that this miller had good taste and his lordship paid some compliment to Grace's beauty Which the old woman received with a smile, but turned off the conversation Then said she looking out of the window is not that there a nice little garden the boy dug for her and me at his breakfast and dinner hours ah he's a good boy and a good warrant to work and the good son desarves the good wife and it's he that will make the good husband and with my good will he and no other shall get her and with her good will the same and i bid him keep up their heart and hope the best for there's no use in fearin' the worst till it comes lord colambre wished very much to know the worst if you would not think a stranger impertinent for asking said he and if it would not be painful to you to explain oh impertinent your honour it's very kind and sure none's a stranger to one's heart that feels for one and for myself i can talk of my troubles without thinking of em so i'll tell you all if the worst comes to the worst all that is is that we must quit and give up this little snug place and house and farm and all to the agent which would be hard on us and me a widow when my husband did all that is done to the land and if your honor was a judge you could see if you stepped out there has been a deal done and built the house and all but it pleased heaven to take him well he was too good for this world and i'm satisfied i'm not saying a word again that i trust we shall meet in heaven and be happy surely and meantime here's my boy that will make me as happy as ever widow was on earth if the agent will let him and i can't think the agent though they that know him best call him old nick would be so wicked to take from us that which he never gave us the good lord himself granted us the lace the life's dropped and the years is out but we had a promise of renewal in writing from the landlord god bless him if he was not away he'd be a good gentleman and we'd be happy and safe but if you have a promise in writing of a renewal surely you are safe whether your landlord is absent or present ah no that makes a great differ when there's no eye or hand over the agent i would not wish to speak or think ill of him or any man but was he an angel he could not know to do the tenantry justice the way he is livin always in dublin and comin down to the country only the receivin days to make a sweep among us and gather up the rents in a hurry and he in such haste back to town can just stay to count over our money and give the receipts happy for us if we get that same but can't expect he should have time to see or hear us or mind our improvements any more than listen to our complaints oh there's great excuse for the gentleman if that was any comfort for us added she smiling but if he does not live amongst you himself has not he some under-agent who lives in the country said lord colambre he has so and he should know your concerns does he mind them he should know he should know better but as to minding our concerns your honor knows continued she smiling again every one in this world must mind their own concerns and it would be a good world if it was even so there's a great deal in all things that don't appear at first sight mr dennis wanted grace for a wife for his bailiff but she would not have him and mr dennis was very sweet to her himself but grace is rather hoy with him as proper and he has a grudge again us ever since yet indeed there added she after another pause as you say i think we are safe for we have that memorandum in writing with a pencil given under his own hand on the back of the lace to me by the same token when my good lord had his foot on the step of the coach going away and i'll never forget the smile of her that got that good turn done for me miss grace and just when she was going to england and london and young as she was to have the thought to stop and turn to the likes of me oh then if you could see her and know her as i did that was the comfortin' angel upon earth look and voice and heart and all oh that she was here present this minute but did you scald yourself said the widow to lord colambre sure you must have scalded yourself for you poured the kettle straight over your hand and it's boiling oh dear to think of so young a gentleman's hand shaken so like my own luckily to prevent her pursuing her observations from the hand to the face which might have betrayed more than lord colambre wished she should know her own grace came in at this instant there it's for you safe mother dear the lace said grace throwing a packet into her lap the old woman lifted up her hands to heaven with the lease between them thanks be to heaven grace passed on and sunk down on the first seat she could reach her face flushed and looking much fatigued she loosened the strings of her bonnet and cloak then i'm tired but recollecting herself she rose and curtsied to the gentleman what tired ye dear why after prayers we had to go for the agent was not at prayers nor at home for us when we called we had to go all the way up to the castle and there by great good luck we found mr Neckgarity himself come from dublin and the lace in his hands and he sealed it up that way and handed it to me very civil i never saw him so good though he offered me a glass of spirits, which was not manners to a decent young woman in a mornin as broyan noticed after broyan would not take any either nor never does we met mr dennis and the driver comin home and he says the rent must be paid to-morrow or instead of renewin he'll seize and sell all mother dear i would have dropped with the walk but for Brian's arm it's a wonder dear what makes you so weak that used to be so strong but if we can sell the cow for anything at all to mr dennis since his eye is set upon her better let him have her mother dear and that and my yarn which mrs garraghty says she'll allow me for will make up the rent and Brian need not talk of america but it must be in golden guineas the agent will take the rent no other way and you won't get a guinea for less than five shillings well, even so it's easy sellin my new gown to one that covets it and that will give me in exchange the price of the gold or suppose that would not do add this cloak it's handsome and i know a friend would be glad to take it and i'd part with it as ready as look at it anything at all sure rather than that he should be forced to talk of emigratin or oh worse again listin for the bounty to save us from the cant or the jail by going to the hospital or his grave maybe oh mother oh child this is what makes you weak fretten don't be that way sure here's the lace and that's good comfort and the soldiers will be gone out of clonbrony to-morrow and then that's off your mind and as to america it's only talk i won't let him he's dutiful and would sooner sell my dresser and down to my bed dear than see you sell anything of yours love promise me you won't why didn't Pryan come home all the way with you grace he would have seen me home said grace only that he went up a piece of the mountain for some stones or ore for the gentleman for he had the manners to think of him this morning though shame for me i had not when i come in or i would not have told you all this and he himself by see there he is mother brian came in very hot out of breath with his hat full of stones good morrow to your honour i was in bed last night and sorry they did not call me up to be of service larry was tellin' us this mornin', your honour's from wales and lookin' for mines in ireland and i heard talk that there was one on our mountain Maybe you'd be curious to see, and so I brought the best I could, but I'm no judge nor I neither, thought lord colambre, but he thanked the young man, and determined to avail himself of Larry's misconception or false report, examined the stones very gravely, and said, This promises well lapis caliminaris, schist, plum-pudding stone, rhomboidal, crystal, blend garawaki and all the strange names he could think of jumbling them together at a venture the lace is it cried the young man with joy sparkling in his eyes as his mother held up the packet then all safe and he's an honest man and shame on me that could suspect he meant us wrong lend me the papers he cracked the seals and taking off the cover it's the lace sure enough shame on me but stay where's the memorandum it's there sure said his mother where my lord's pencil writ it i don't read grace dear look the young man put it into her hands and stood without power to utter a syllable it's not here it's gone no sign of it gracious heaven that can't be said the old woman putting on her spectacles let me see i remember the very spot it's taken away it's rubbed clean out oh wasn't i fool but who could have thought he'd be the villain the young man seemed neither to see nor hear but to be absorbed in thought grace with her eyes fixed upon him grew as pale as death he'll go he's gone She's gone," cried Lord Colambre, and the mother just caught her in her arms as she was falling. The chaise is ready, please, your honor," said Larry, coming into the room. Death, what's here? Air. She's coming too," said the young man. Take a drop of water, my own grace," young man. I promise you," cried Lord Colambre, speaking in the tone of a master, striking the young man's shoulder who was kneeling at Grace's feet but recollecting and restraining himself he added in a quiet voice i promise you i shall never forget the hospitality i have received in this house and i am sorry to be obliged to leave you in distress these words uttered with difficulty he hurried out of the house and into his carriage go back to them said he to the postilion go back and ask whether if i should stay a day or two longer in this country they would let me return at night and lodge with them and here man stay take this putting money into his hands for the good woman of the house the postilion went in and returned she won't at all i knew she would not well i am obliged to her for the night's lodging she did give me i have no right to expect more what is it sure she bid me tell you and welcome to the lodgin. for said she he is a kind-hearted gentleman but here's the money it's that i was telling you she would not have at all thank you now my good friend larry drive me to clonbrony and do not say another word for i'm not in a talking humor larry nodded mounted and drove to clonbrony clonbrony was now a melancholy scene the houses which had been built in a better style of architecture than usual were in a ruinous condition the dashing was off the walls no glass in the windows and many of the roofs without slates for the stillness of the place lord colambre in some measure accounted by considering that it was sunday therefore of course all the shops were shut up and all the people at prayers he alighted at the inn which completely answered larry's representation of it nobody to be seen but a drunken waiter who as well as he could articulate informed lord colambre that his mistress was in her bed since thursday was a week the hustler at the washwoman's and the cook at second prayers lord colambre walked to the church but the church-gate was locked and broken a calf two pigs and an ass in the churchyard and several boys with more of skin apparent than clothes were playing at hustle cap upon a tombstone which upon nearer observation he saw was the monument of his own family one of the boys came to the gate and told lord colambre there was no use in going into the church because there was no church there nor had not been this twelvemonth because there was no curate and the parson was away always since the lord was at home that is was not at home he nor the family lord colambre returned to the inn where after waiting a considerable time he gave up the point he could not get any dinner and in the evening he walked out again into the town he found several alehouses, however open which were full of people all of them as busy and as noisy as possible he observed that the interest was created by an advertisement of several farms on the clonbrony estate to be set by nicholas garaghty esq he could not help smiling at his being witness incognito to various schemes for outwitting the agents and defrauding the landlord but on a sudden the scene was changed a boy ran in crying out that saint dennis was riding down the hill into the town and if you would not have the license said the boy take care of yourself if you wouldn't have the license lord colambre perceived by what followed meant if you have not a license brannigan immediately snatched an untasted glass of whiskey from a customer's lips who cried murder gave it and the bottle he held in his hand to his wife who swallowed the spirits and ran away with the bottle and glass into some back hole whilst the bystanders laughed saying well thought of peggy clear out all of you at the back door for the love of heaven if you wouldn't be the ruin of me said the man of the house setting a ladder to a corner of the shop phil hoist me up the keg to the loft added he running up the ladder and one of ye step up street and give rose McGivney notice for she's sellin too the keg was hoisted up the ladder removed the shop cleared of all the customers the shutters shut the door barred the counter cleaned left your stones sir if you please said the wife as she rubbed the counter and say nothing of what you seen at all but that you're a stranger and a traveller seeking a lodging if you're questioned or waitin' to see mr dennis there's no smell o whisky in it now is there sir lord colambre could not flatter her so far as to say this he could only hope that no one would perceive it oh and if he would the smell of whisky was nothing as the wife affirmed for it was everywhere in nature and no proof again any one good or bad now st Dennis may come when he will or old nick himself so she tied up a blue handkerchief over her head and had the toothache very bad lord colambre turned to look for the man of the house he's safe in bed said the wife in bed when whilst you turned your head While I was tying the handkerchief over my face within the room, look, he is snug, and there he was in bed certainly, and his clothes on the chest. A knock, a loud knock at the door. Saint Denis himself, stay till I unbar the door," said the woman, and making a great difficulty, she let him in, groaning and saying, "We was all done up for the night, please your honour, and myself with the toothache very bad." and the lodger that's goin to take an egg only before he'll go into his bed my man's in it and asleep long ago with a magisterial air though with a look of blank disappointment mr dennis garaghty walked on looked into the room saw the good man of the house asleep heard him snore and then returning asked lord colambre who he was and what brought him there our hero said he was from england and a traveller and now bolder grown as a geologist he talked of his specimens and his hopes of finding a mine in the neighbouring mountains then adopting as well as he could the servile tone and abject manner in which he found mr dennis was to be addressed he hoped he might get encouragement from the gentleman at the head of the estate to bore is it well don't bore me about it i can't give you any answer now my good friend i'm engaged out he strutted stick to him up the town if you have a mind to get your answer whispered the woman lord colambre followed for he wished to see the end of this scene well sir what are you following and stickin to me like my shadow for said mr dennis turning suddenly upon lord colambre his lordship bowed low waiting for my answer sir when you are at leisure or may i call upon you to-morrow you seem to be a civil kind of fellow but as to boron i don't know if you undertake it at your own expense i dare say there may be minerals in the ground well you may call at the castle to-morrow and when my brother has done with the tenantry i'll speak to him for you and we'll consult together and see what we think it's too late to-night in ireland nobody speaks to a gentleman about his business after dinner your servant, sir anybody can show you the way to the castle in the mornin and pushing by his lordship he called to a man on the other side of the street who had obviously been waiting for him he went under a gateway with this man and gave him a bag of guineas he then called for his horse which was brought to him by a man whom colambre had heard declaring that he would bid for the land that was advertised whilst another who had the same intentions most respectfully held st denis's stirrup whilst he mounted without thanking either of these men st denis clapped spurs to his steed and rode away no thanks indeed were deserved for the moment he was out of hearing both cursed him after the manner of their country bad luck go with you then and may you break your neck before you get home if it was not for the lace i'm to get and that's paid for lord colambre followed the crowd into a public house where a new scene presented itself to his view the man to whom st denis gave the bag of gold was now selling this very gold to the tenants who were to pay their rent next day at the castle the agent would take nothing but gold the same guineas were bought and sold several times over to the great profit of the agent and loss of the poor tenants for as the rents were paid the guineas were resold to another set, and the remittances made through bankers to the landlord, who, as the poor man who explained the transaction to Lord Colambre expressed it, gained nothing by the business, bad or good, but the ill will of the tenantry. The higgling for the price of the gold, the time lost in disputing about the goodness of the notes among some poor tenants who could not read or write, and who were at the mercy of the man with the bag in his hand the vexation, the useless harassing of all who were obliged to submit ultimately, Lord Colambre saw. And all this time he endured the smell of tobacco and whisky, and of the sound of various brogues, the din of men wrangling, brawling, threatening, whining, drawling, cajoling, cursing, and every variety of wretchedness. And is this my father's town of Clonbrony? thought lord colambre is this ireland no it is not ireland let me not like most of those who forsake their native country traduce it let me not even to my own mind commit the injustice of taking a speck for the whole what i have just seen is the picture only of that to which an irish estate and irish tenantry may be degraded in the absence of those whose duty and interest it is to reside in Ireland, to uphold justice by example and authority, but who, neglecting this duty, commit power to bad hands and bad hearts, abandon their tenantry to oppression and their property to ruin. It was now fine moonlight and lord colambre met with a boy who said he could show him a short way across the fields to the widow o'neill's cottage chapter